Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with comic Adam Gable. Adam Gable, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate oh, uh, being here. Yeah, it's so nice because you could be doing anything else during this lockdown, but you're here with me, and I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, I've got some uh, coins to count, so I can be doing that <laughs> instead. Uh, yeah, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, where can people, where do they normally find you on stage in New York City, and where can they find you online in the meantime? Where are you peddling jokes in the meantime? Uh, well, you know, the best way to get a hold of me all the time is my website, adamtellsjokes.com. Pretty simple. It's not. You know, it's not particularly uh, uh, unique, but I think it sticks with people's head and it avoids the inevitable frustration of spelling my name wrong. Um, but, and also, uh, also, it means you're the funniest Adam. If you're the guy who got that domain name, you are the only Adam that people should care about when they want a joke. Well, yeah, I mean, it means I'm the only one telling jokes. Doesn't necessarily. I mean, there might be a guy who gets kicked in the balls every day. I mean, that's pretty funny, <laughs> right? I mean, funny Adams, right? There is, by the way, a guy named Adam Gable who spells his name the same way as I do. Who is the, uh, who was a former pitcher for the Newark Bears Triple A baseball and, team. So, and does he so, outrank you on Google? Are you pissed off? That yeah, no, that's currently my 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 career goal is to be more famous <laughs> than that guy. Oh, fuck that guy, man. He's not funny. Well, he's, he's way better looking than I am. So he's <laughs> doing a good job for us Adam Gables, I have to say. Uh, so, but if you put, yeah, really it doesn't matter. As, as, you know, in terms of comedy, you know, look at, looking and sounding like Adam Gable, um, whom I'm talking to, is, is, is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm certainly, I think uh, unique is a good way to describe me. If you haven't figured it out by listening already, uh, there's not a lot of people. It's funny because even just the spelling of my last name is, uh, it's just a little different. Like it's, it's, it's pretty much not what you think, but you could see how that might work. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a good description. Oh, I I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're recording this because now I don't have to write down anything funny I say in the next <laughs> little while because you're already going to record this. So. Oh, absolutely. And then um, one of the things and the reason why I brought up Joe Peddler is because I saw, you know, I follow you on Twitter and you're the Adam Gable and the the big kind of banner photo says Adam Gable, Joe Peddler. And yeah. it's, it sounds like that. I mean, I love the origin story of that. Yeah, well, um, when I started doing comedy, I needed to have a business card. And all the business cards that I was getting from other, I mean, open my comics or hand to me. It's this comedian. I'm like, you're not a comedian. I'm not a comedian. We're not comedians. I felt it was so presumptuous to hand out a card that said comedian. So I just put joke peddler on my card because that's what I was doing. I was doing jokes and I was just hoping somebody would like take them home with them, right? Like yeah. maybe you like it, maybe you. You know, come get some more, pay me for them someday. But here I am, I'm handing them out. And so I love um, that. Like, so everybody was handing out cards, though. Is that kind of still done, or is that just kind of done at the open mic level? I suppose now with smartphones, you guys are more likely to, I don't know, bump phones or whatever the kids are doing these days. Like, are people still handing out cards? And did that seem ridiculous to you back in the day, or is it really nece necessary so that if you liked somebody, if you connected with a fellow comedian, you guys could get in touch and could put a show together? Well, you know, I don't really 
It's hard to say. I mean, I'm old school because I'm like 42. So for me, I still have maintain a good contact list in my phone. And if I get a business card from somebody who I wants to who I want to uh, interact with, I will hold on to it and I will use the phone number. But most of the younger comics, younger people, not just comics, but younger people are connecting via social media. So it's really I mean, I don't know anyone bumping phones like that's like a Snapchat (laughs) thing. I mean, that makes me think of like Jeff Ross and David Tell. Like, oh, yeah. Bumping mics. Yeah, I'm as old. I'm I'm as old as you are. So nothing would surprise me with the kids these days. But even if that were happening, bumping phones, nobody's been bumping phones for a while because of the virus. And so what, what what, what I like, though, is that your Twitter feed you know, it, it might talk about things like the virus, but it's not the gloom and doom we can expect from all the other comedians. Like, I really like one of your, one of your six feet. You know, the social distancing thing of being six feet away. You turn it into a musical reference, and I just love that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I sometimes I, I feel like a lot of people have a lot of the same thing to say, and I just try and reach a little bit deeper into what. I'm really thinking about yeah. and I know that sounds so douchebaggy like I, I, I hate talking about comedy like I'm like saving the world but I don't know I mean it's so but for me I just don't want to do the joke that everybody else does and like I did a joke a couple weeks ago about something related to the quarantine and I can't even remember what it was and I did it and I posted it and I put it out on all three platforms and as soon as I did it, I was like this is pretty hacky. Like, ugh, it's pretty hacky. But somebody liked it on something and commented. I was like, all right, I'm not going to take it down. I'm going to leave it down. I'm going to leave it up there. Yeah. And then, like, last night, I saw basically the same joke. And I was like, ugh. Oh, no. And I was like, I never want to be the guy. Um, and I know it's just, it, it makes it, because number one, it makes it easy for people to steal your shit. or your, Nobody cares if you're doing the same joke. I just want to do a joke that's a little bit different than what you're thinking. Now, the yeah. problem is, is that a lot of times it's, uh, nobody has any idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I did a joke, I did a joke the other day. I thought it was really great. And I don't know. I mean, I, I go, I'm, I'm an Uber driver. I don't drive for uber i'm just really good at driving (laughs) now now uh not everybody speaks german and nobody necessarily understands what i'm talking about yeah uber uber means uber means uh i don't good or something it's like yeah uber is like super like really good like great and that's really where the term uber comes now of course that's not a particularly great joke because i'm just referencing what uber means in the first place but i did it and a lot of people and i heard like a silence and then it's, I heard one a, guy heard one guy go, I get it. And I was like, all right, well that I mean that's more like a puzzle, right? But but I but I like it because you know I, I watched some of your clips online and I think you know, even, you know, I actually took a couple semesters of German in college and that took me a while. I don't even think I got it until you were like, oh, shit, Uber is the is the word for super in German. Right. And so right. I think it's like, you know, a less challenging comedian, you know, could, you know, could almost preface that joke with, you know, anybody know German? And then they would right. know that oh, Uber is a German word. But but that's not really that's not really you, because I think, you know, I think you luxuriate in the silence and, until that one person says, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of trying to go a little bit higher than most 
of the of the comedians. And again, I know I don't want to talk about myself like I'm such a like I'm I'm revolutionizing. I don't want to do that. I'm not. I'm just doing jokes. And a lot of the time, the thing, a lot of it is that the thing that comes to my mind is not necessarily what comes to other people's mind. Like when I work in a group with other people, a lot of the time everybody goes, they go, all right, everybody knows the plan and they clap and everybody goes to the left and I'm to the right and I turn around and I got to go catch up. So a lot of the time it's just, I'm going the other way and because stand-up comedy is so solitary, there's no one there to go, no, that's not what it's supposed to be. Right. It's supposed to be this other thing. And then I'm on stage, and the next thing I know, I'm trying to figure out how to explain to people <laughs> the joke. But do you even try? Do you even try in that situation? Or do you say, this joke is so good and so thoughtful that I'm just going to stand here until somebody fucking gets it? Well, usually... um, what. I, I'm starting to train the audience, I think, and that's what's happening is that I'm coming up with the jokes that are a little bit more accessible, but okay. are still in the same vein. Okay. Right? And that's that's what I that's I feel like if I'm inclining my act to to get smarter over the course of a few minutes, then the audience is more likely to go with me than if I just immediately take a giant step up. Uh, over what people just usually talk about. Again, it's like I have to convince you, the audience, even though everybody in the room just went left, I have to convince everybody in the audience why, no, come come to the right with me. Yeah. This will be a lot better. So yeah. maybe if my first step to the right is not as big as their first step to the left, yeah. that makes any yeah, you know, I like I like that because it um you know especially if you're bringing people along slowly, they are getting that oh this guy this Uber joke is actually really really smart and I should think about it because if you did it first you know they could have the inclination to be like oh is this guy funny like why am I not getting this is it because right, I'm dumb right. is it because I'm dumb or is it because he's not funny but if you had ten jokes before that and they're laughing the entire time then they're more likely to say oh shit what the fuck am I missing oh Uber's right. German Uber's German for um for super and so I mean I really like that and I, so I, I do like the fact that it's it's perfect metaphor or whatever you know everybody's taking a giant step to the left you're taking a tiny step to the right and when people have confidence that you actually know where the fuck you're going they're more likely to follow you so i love that and so uh, i mean at what point did you you know at what point in your comedy career did you kind of say i'm not going to strip a challenging joke for my act i'm just going to be more acceptable more accessible in the first couple minutes because some comedians will probably like Ah, they didn't get this one immediately. I got to take it out of my act. So, kind of, what you know, what was the aha moment in your comedy career where you where you said, "I'm going to keep it in, but just put it later." Huh. Um. Well, you know, uh, st uh, hmm. I, I did comedy for a little while, a long, long, long time ago. Uh, in that period of time, I was trying to be more of an accessible comedian. I was a, a different person at the time. This is 2002. I did comedy for six months. I was a different person. I was uh, I, I had a different persona. Came back to comedy in 2014 with a plan that I was going to do something a little different. So it was never a point where I said to myself, I'm ever going to. Once I came back to comedy, I made the commitment. I'm not going to strip these jokes out of my act. I'm not okay. going to strip them out of my act because okay. that's what I want to do. The question is, how do I figure out how to get 
people to come to them because there was enough people. And first of all, just the most ridiculous esoteric stuff that no one could possibly understand. Still, one guy was laughing. So the question for me wasn't how wasn't get rid of that one joke. It was about how do I get the rest of the room on board? And I think I don't know that there was never an aha moment um, because I think I always mm, that's actually not true so there's a comedian named andrew frank who lives in seattle right now very funny guy i met him when i was on tour he's out of st louis he came uh i traveled all over the midwest with him and he uh i did i was at the world series of comedy with him last year a couple years ago he came to new york and he came he watched me at the grizzly pair which by the way answers your question from earlier <laughs> place people can most spot lot most commonly find me in new york performing okay. On stage is the Grizzly Pear. It's, on, it's a 107 McDougal Street, right down the street from the Comedy Cellar. A lot of um, great comedians, yeah. It's a great place. We've done a lot of great work there. I'm really proud of what we've done there, and I'm looking forward to getting back into that room because oh, we yeah. have a lot, a lot of good stuff more to do. Um, and I had Andrew Frank. He was on my show at the Grizzly Pear, and it was an off night for me. I didn't. The audience didn't get it, right? Um, and they just didn't get it. And uh, he goes. Uh, uh, after the show, I was talking to him, and he's also a very heady kind of comic, and he's in some ways even harder to uh, get to, although not in New York, because the big thing, he's, he he has a lot of questions for the religious establishment, very funny guy, does not go over well in the Midwest, but they loved him at the Grizzly Pear, right, because he's saying a lot of things that people in New York really listen to, but God bless him, he's staying, he stayed in St. Louis, he moved to Seattle, which is more progressive, but he goes in front of the, the, the most hardcore Christians and questions questions their sensibilities to their face Good. so and he's yeah and 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 i was talking to him after this show and i was like i don't know what's going on and he goes look man um if you're not getting them with the jokes then more jokes is not going to get them and i was uh... like i was like yeah you know what's like of course if you're like if you're if you're shooting a werewolf with regular bullets, you're not just going to keep shooting the werewolf with regular bullets because the regular bullets don't. You got to get the silver bullet. Now, the problem is, is that for a year I misunderstood that. Yeah, what? well, yeah. I, immediately I'm, I'm thinking, what does he mean? Does he mean your delivery has to carry it? Or is he well, saying then you have to pivot to crowd work or you just have to write different jokes for a different room? Well, that's what it took me a long time to get. My immediate understanding was, okay, he's saying the jokes aren't working. Don't do jokes. So I led into stories for a little while, and I developed a couple longer stories. You won't really find them on the Internet because it, I don't really consider it successful. So um, uh, and it just wasn't working. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do here. So I realized um, – I had to figure, and I had to. I was. He his statement had two parts. If you're not getting them with the jokes, more jokes aren't going to get them. I was focusing on part B. I had to go back and figure out. I know this sounds so dumb, but I had to figure out how do I get these people with my jokes. And finally, it occurred to me that I just needed to be accessible, more accessible as a person. Now, if you watch what's on the internet right now, you'll you'll find uh, sort of an engaging. Uh, um, uh, 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 sort of uh, uh, frenetic kind of energy, right? There's a lot of movement. I'm uh, 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 kind of bouncy is what you see a lot, and you'll hear it in my voice right now. But 
two years ago, I was standing in, I would plant my feet firmly, put two hands on the microphone, and just deliver my jokes. And a lot of times I would go really slow because I was thinking, well, these people aren't understanding because I'm talking too fast. But boy, that wasn't it either. Because uh... a lot of people would be like, oh, this guy's talking so slow, and I still don't understand it. So not going to work. I had to realize, um, I had a realization recently that a lot of people were having some difficulty understanding. Um, uh, 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 it's uh, why this was being presented in such a way. And I had to start opening my act by being like, look, I get it. I'm weird. Just let's move on. <laughs> I was, I'm a, I'm a weirdo. Like, I get it. I'm a weirdo. Let's just move on. Right. And then now that I'm doing that and not with that exact, I know it's not what I say, but that's the energy I open up with. Right. Uh, if I acknowledge the fact that what they're seeing is different than what they're used to. Yeah. And I know that. And we all know that. Then let's see where that takes us. I think that's a good place to go. And I've sort of come to that in the last year. Although I would say that it's going to be my life's work. I mean, there's going to be a time, hopefully, when there's a theater of a lot of people who came to see me. And there's going to be one person in the back with their arms crossed and their face scrunched up. I mean, that's the person I'm going to be playing to. The whole (laughs) That's the one. Because it's hard to be... You know, it's hard to be somebody who not everybody likes. It's a yeah. lot easier to be somebody that nobody likes than somebody that I think 95% of the people like. That's what I think. And I, yeah, and I think that it's a good idea that you did it because, you know, if certain people are in the audience kind of thinking, oh, does, does he know his voice is distinctive? Does he know he's talking slowly? Like they're, they're in their own little mind loop to the point where they're not even paying attention anymore to the joke. Right, right, right. But, but, but it's, I, so it's nice that you're, and I think some other comedians, and maybe that's why some other comedians do it, um, where you know if they if they are just you know if they I don't have a distracting look, you know just a weird haircut or a weird shirt on, like they kind of address the elephant in the room as a way of kind of bonding with the audience. So it's like, yeah, I know uh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says "fart" on it. You know, like right. this is how I dress because of X, Y, and Z. And if you plan it like that, it can also lead into you know be a perfect. It seems organic. But really, it can also be, a, you know, a, a way to jump into your first and second jokes. Well, one of the things that I've noticed a lot is um, I don't I, I'm uh, I've noticed people have been ch- other comics have been chided for uh, starting with a joke that is um, at their own expense about yeah. what's outstanding and. I, I'm wary of doing that because I think it in, introduces in some way it actually contradicts the whole point I'm trying to make, which is I'm a little bit different. Let's move past that. And okay. if I present it in a way that's similar to other comics, it the, the it negates the point. So I'm I, I rather than opening up with with a joke about it, I'm trying to open up with a joke that's not about it. Let's so not talk. About- yeah, it's, a sta- it's a statement. This. It's a statement. It's like that's all. That's pretty much all you say. You're like, you know, yeah, I understand. I'm weird. Let's move on. So it's not even kind of a joke. And I think some of that's a little inside. I mean, you have to be sensitive to the fact of you know people do that because at the Grizzly Pair, if ten comedians in a row are doing that whole joke at their own expense, it right. comes off as hacky. But you know, somebody like Mulaney, you know, you know, in his own special, you know, a normal audience doesn't see that type of joke format eighty five thousand times. And right. so somebody like that could do. 
do it in just his own theater environment, provided the three setup comedians didn't do that. But, you know, real quick, you know, pivoting to the, the jokes I saw online, like, I, I love, you know, I, I don't really see, like, the Uber joke where it was kind of a thinker to the point where it took me a while. Like, you know, your other jokes on there, you know, are immediately funny. Like the JFK's Pez dispenser, before you even told a joke about it, that the premise or the setup, whatever, I guess it would be the premise, was just fucking amazing. But and also the Ziploc thing was perfectly relatable because I've also done, I've also done that exact same thing in the, in the hangover situation. And so, like, I don't see that, you know, many of the jokes that are on, you know, the clips that I see, are are you know necessarily challenging you seem right. to have all the tools in the toolbox well yeah obviously the jokes that um that i'm trying to uh display online are the ones that uh, uh that i think are the most accessible i i don't see there's no value in um in putting jokes online that people aren't going to get like i was thinking the 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 experience i was uh uh i mean maybe but if i had a joke that regularly people didn't understand i wouldn't even bother uh trying to put it to video like i would you know i'd save it because some you know there are things that maybe in three years i'll figure out how to make this joke more accessible and there are things that i'm doing now that are ideas from a couple years ago that i couldn't communicate and i'm now i have figured out how to communicate so every once in a while i'll go to my like note and i'll just like i'll give myself a big scroll and just let it go and go and go and go and then i'll just finger you know hit my finger and see what joke i was thinking about three years ago or five years ago or whatever Oh, I love that. So check out, I mean, I, I follow him on Twitter, the Adam Gable. He is the joke peddler, but also you can find all his, you know, when he returns to the grizzly pair in his uh, just triumphant return, you'll probably find those dates on Adam Tells Jokes. Is that correct? AdamTellsJokes.com. And remember, yeah. when you're looking for me, my last name is G-A-B-E-L, like bagel, not like uh, Clark Gable, not like Clark Gable. And when you see him at the Grizzly Pair after his show, ask him to tell you about the time in third grade when the, when just a hilarious kid made fun of his name. Yes, <laughs> I fucking yes. love that. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to burn that story because it's just too precious. Adam Gable, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time.